Good morning, One Church. How y'all doing? Glad to hear from y'all. Welcome to our continuation of our series called Losing My Religion. We're looking through the book of Galatians. If you have one of the Bibles um, that we provide here at One Church, it's 894. That's the page number, so you can go ahead and start looking that up. I want to just give a quick plug. In a couple of weeks, we're going to be starting a new series called At the Movies. And we're going to have a great time with that. We're going to be watching clips from Wally and uh, The Dark Knight and The Incredible Hulk and talking about the spiritual things that we can get out of those three movies. And that starts in a couple of weeks. So I'd encourage you all to... How many of you all seen those movies? All right. Which one out of the three did you think were the, was the best? Okay, I totally agree with you. Because <laughs> that rocked. So, all right. On to Galatians. Let me say this. If I were to ask you a question, and the question would be this. If you thought that you could get close to God without reading your Bible, what would you think? Or what, what if I said, you know, that you could have a good spiritual relationship with your Heavenly Father without praying? What would you say to that? Um, I would tell you what you would say. You would say that I'm full of bunk. Um, because you can't get close to God. You can't have a relationship with your Heavenly Father without the Bible and without prayer. We all know that. I mean, it's really kind of an oxymoron to think that we can have a relationship with God apart from His Word that He's spoken to us and apart from talking to him and him talking to us through prayer. But um, today I want to talk about another way that we can get close to God that, be quite frank with you, some of you just refuse doing. Uh, and this morning I'm going to use all of my pervasive skills to try to convince some of you to do some stuff. Some of you have already started doing it, and I want to applaud you and say thank you so very much. Some of you are in the process of doing it, and to be quite frank, some of you are saying, I will never do this, Chris. I don't care how much you preach on it. I understand that. Just as we can get close to God through the Bible, and just as we can get close to God through prayer, there is a third component today that we're going to be looking at in Galatians chapter 6. And some of you are going to resist doing this. Because some of you are saying, you know, I'm okay with the Bible. I'm okay with the whole prayer thing. But I refuse to connect and to get close to other people in community. I just refuse. I'm too busy, don't have enough time, don't really want to get close to people. We're in this book called Galatians. And the whole point is you need to lose your religion. That's the whole point of the book. <clears throat> We've been talking about the difference between a, re a religion trying to get to God through our way, through man's way, of following rules and being good and acting good. But then there's another way we can get to God because that way doesn't work. And it's, 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 it's faith. It's to have a relationship, not religion, but a relationship. And let me tell you what religion does. Religion refuses to get close to people. Religion refuses to interact with people where they're at. But a relationship, a true faith relationship says, you know what, I'm going to partner with someone. And I hear all the time, you know what, one church is just, it's kind of a big church. 
And I just, I can't connect. You know, I, I, I come in here and I like the music and the preaching's ho-hum sometimes. Um, but, you know, it's just I have a hard time relating and, and connecting with people. And there's a reason why. It's really hard to get to know people by staring at the back of somebody's head. I mean, like, you're looking at the back of Isaiah's head, right? That doesn't mean you know him. It just means that... I'm gonna, right. <clears throat> We're moving on. Um, this environment is not an environment conducive to connecting with one another because all of the chairs are pointing in one direction and you really can't see people's faces. If you want to connect with people, if you want to feel connected, you need to do one or two things. You need to get involved in a ministry. That's, that's, that's a good step. A next step, though, even beyond that, is you need to get into a community group. You need to get into a community group. You need to get into a group of 12 to 18 people that know your name, that you spend some time and you do life together with. And, I, and hear me, I know I hear some of you right now, I'm not going to serve. They don't need me. Or I'm not going to get in the community group. I'm too busy. And what if they're weird people? All right? That's fine. If you would, turn with me to your Bibles to 894 if you have the One Church Bible. If you don't, you're going to have to find it yourself. I apologize. Galatians. And we're going to be looking at Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. And now here's what we're going to do. We're going to take this a little bit backwards. And we're going to look at three verses today. These three verses contain two commands. One's positive and one's negative. We're going to be looking at verse 2 first. We're going to look at the positive command first. Then we're going to hit verse 1. There's a command there too, but it's more of a, more of a negative sense. And then 3, we're going to wrap it all up. So if you would, let's look at Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. Now, just to let you know, if you choose never to get into community with another person, you will never, ever be able to obey this verse. All right? It says this. Let's all say it together. Share one another's troubles and problems, and in this way obey the law of Christ. Share each other's troubles and problems. Let me state the obvious. You can't share with others if you're never around others. Correct? Just can't, you can't bear somebody else's burden if you're too busy being around other people. A lot of people call this the one another passage. There's a lot of one another passages in the Bible. Let me read some of them. One, uh, one verse says, love one another, be devoted to one another, honor one another, build up one another, encourage one another, accept one another, teach one another, serve one another, forgive one another, and this says, share one another's burdens. This is part of those one another passages, and unless you're able to be with another person, you're never ever going to be able to fulfill the one another passages. Kind of a no-brainer, all right? Let's look at it again. Share each other's troubles and problems, and this way, obey the law of Christ. It's like a Lego piece. <clears throat> How many of y'all like playing with Legos when you were a kid? Cool beans. All right. Me too. This Lego piece has how many ways to connect, this red piece? How many ways does it, can it connect with another piece? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, right? 
This Lego piece can connect with another Lego piece in eight ways. And that's about it. You see, let me say this, that we're kind of like a Lego piece. We need to connect with other people, but we only have so many relational connections, and we fill them up quick. I, man, I can't, I can't connect with that person. I got a job, you know. I and I need to work overtime on the weekends, and I just, I, I, I'm just too busy. All right, take that off. And you know, I got my family, and my family, you know, I, I, I spend time with my family, and I should. The Bible tells me I should, and I, but I just, I can't do it there. And you know, and then I like coming home, and I like watching Heroes. I got to be honest with you. I mean, seriously. I mean. And uh, even though season two stunk, season three I have high hopes for. And, um, and I know come January my boy Jack Bauer is going to be in the house. So I already got the TiVo set up for that. So I can't, I, I can't do Monday nights. I can't do Monday night community group. can't do that. And, you know, and, and then I, you know, I got my time. You know, there's my time. And after a while we start filling up all the ways that we can connect with people with other things and other stuff. You know what? I want to relate, and I want, I, want, I want to keep up the relationships I have with my friends that I have now. I don't have any more room. And that's how many of us are. And what's so scary about that is this. We become busy, life becomes hectic, and we become alone. Alone. It really leads us to our big idea today, and it says this simply. If you don't want to be alone, how many of y'all don't want to be alone? All right, cool, that's everybody. Because if you didn't raise your hand, well, you don't want to be alone and you're a liar. Right? Um, if you don't want to be alone, you have to make room for others. It's just that simple. You've got to make room. Because life is hectic, it's busy, and we have to make room for other people. Our drift is always towards isolation. Always. <laughs> it reminds me of my house in Iowa. We, my wife and I owned a, a house in Iowa. 1916 is when it was built. And uh, the one, I love that house in Iowa. We bought it for $50,000. So if money, you can't afford houses here, you can move to Iowa. Of course, there's winters 10 months out of the year, so good luck with that one. <clears throat> But uh, I love that house. I like that house. There's a, there's a part of that house that my house now doesn't have. Let me tell you what it doesn't have. I miss my front porch. How many of y'all got front porches? All right, cool. All right. Not a lot of us, amazingly enough. And there's a reason why that is because architects have stopped building in a lot of ways front porches. And this is very, very amazing. Architects currently design homes to intentionally promote privacy, in seclusion, not connection. Back when life was simpler, like back in 1916, they built houses with front porches. And you would sit out on the front porch at night, sipping a sweet glass of sweet tea, and the neighbors would walk the dog or walk the children or in a stroller, however you do that. And, um, and uh, hey, how you doing? Good. Is everything all right? And you would connect with them. Eventually they would come up on the porch, you would invite them, you would give them a sweet tea, and you would connect. That doesn't happen anymore. I mean, really. How many of y'all know all the names of your neighbors five houses down? Okay? There's one couple back here. All right? Cool. But most of us, we don't. We don't. But 
what, let me tell you your, your, how your life goes. You wake up in the morning, you brush your teeth, you God hopefully put on deodorant, you go out the door, you get in the car, you push the automatic garage door opener, you turn on the vehicle, you back it out, you drive a 30-minute commute to work, maybe some of you, some of you longer, you go to work, you close the door to your car, you go into your cubicle, for eight hours you do paperwork or you play solitaire, a game played alone. A game played alone. You leave after eight hours, you go into your car, you turn on the key, you back out of your parking space, you drive 30 minutes or 45 minutes back home, depending on the commute, you... So that you don't have to get out of your car, you have an automatic garage door. If you got out of your car, you'd interact with people. So we just killed that. We hit the garage door, we pull in, we close it, and we retreat to the TV room. And we don't interact with people. Or if you don't, if you do go outside, it's not to a front porch, but to a back deck to get away from people. We do any and everything to avoid community at any cost, and it costs us everything. Think about that. You see, back when life was simpler, maybe it wasn't that much simpler. Maybe we could just rely on other people. But now we're islands. George Gallup says that Americans are the loneliest people in the world. We drive on overcrowded freeways to catch overbooked flights to congested cities and we're more alone now than we ever have been let me read galatians 6 2 again share each other's one another's troubles and problems and this way obey the law of christ the word for sharing each other's troubles is the greek word bastazo which means to hold one's hand it means to bear to carry or support some of you know this when you lift weights. How many of y'all lift weights? Cool. Alright. If you have heavy weights, by the way, let's give it up for Danny here. Danny is going to be my, my load sharer, my bastazo. He's going to be, what are you calling? A spotter. That's exactly right. So, by the way, I've not lifted these, so I don't know how heavy they are. Oh, dear Lord. Oh. Alrighty. Alright, are we ready, Chief? Cool. You must spot it, right? You ain't going to let it drop on me, are you? All right, cool. All right, thanks, bro. So I can lift this. Oh, I can't do it. I'm joking. <laughs> so, I can, so I'm here. I'm lifting weights. But Danny's there to make sure that if I can't lift it myself, he's going to help me. There you go. Sweet. All right, let's give it up for Danny. He just illustrated what that word literally means. And it's to lift somebody else's weight. Josh talked about earlier that all of us, we have these weights. And sometimes we experience freedom from them. And sometimes, man, they're pushing hard on our chest. We need people around us to do exactly what Danny did. To say, you know what? you got it, great. But if you don't, I'm there for you. 
You don't have to do it alone. You don't have to do it alone. It says this, Share each other's troubles and problems. In this way, obey the law of Christ. Religion says, do it alone. You don't need anybody. Anyway, nobody is good as you anyway. I mean, you got all of your stuff together. Your stuff don't stink, right? Faith in Christianity says you've got to do it with other people. You've got to do it with other people. It's like that Lego. If you want to make room for people, if you want somebody to help you share your burden, then you're going to have to make room for other people. You're going to have to make room in your life to other people. You might have to reprioritize relationships. You might have to watch less TV. You might have to not take as many classes. You might have to not involve your children in as many extracurricular activities like scuba diving, equestrian classes added with polo and underwater BB stacking. I mean, you ever thought, I didn't do any of that stuff when I was a kid, and look how good I turned out. All right. <clears throat> the wisest person in the world named Solomon said this about community. Two people can accomplish more than twice as much as one, for they get a better return for their labor. Isn't that the truth? Your mom always said, two heads are better than what? Or she, my mom said this, many hands make... All right, see, that just means we all got the same mama. All right. If one, but look at this. If one person falls, Ecclesiastes 4... 10, if one person falls, the other can reach out and help. See, if I let it fall on my chest, Danny's there for me. But when people are alone when they fall, these persons, they're in real trouble. It's this next part, the falling part, that I need to kind of move on, and we're going to go to the negative command. The first positive command was bear one another's burdens. The second command found in verse 1 is more of a negative command, and I'm going to be honest with you, this is the one you're going to push back from. And I, I, I can, again, let's just listen. Let's look at it. Six one, dear brothers and sisters, if another Christian is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly restore that person and help them back onto the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Now, what do you do when somebody around you messes up? Trips up, messes up in your life. What are we supposed to do in the church? I mean, what are we going to do with people who struggle? What are we going to do with people who don't have all of their stuff together, who continue to sin? Well, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to gossip about them, right? We're going to gossip about them, and we're going to throw them out because they need to be a part of this perfect church. Is that what we're going to do? Hopefully not, because this church isn't perfect. Do you know why this church isn't perfect? Because I'm involved in it. And guess what? You are too. This church is for messed up people. That's the reason why we started one church. And if you think your stuff doesn't stink, not only do you need to find another church, because there's a lot of churches who are filled with many judgmental religious people. And, and we say, all right? But if you think that you're perfect, let me tell you, those church ain't going to help you either, and neither can Jesus Christ. Because Jesus said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. And if you think all, you've got all your stuff together, the one thing Jesus cannot do is save you. Because you've got to realize that you are not perfect. Religion says, I'm perfect. I can get my, myself to God. Relationship with Jesus says, 
I know I'm not perfect. And he gives us a way to God. Man. Now, it says if you see someone overcome by sin, meaning if you're really spiritual, if you're really spiritual, then you're going to help them out. Now, let me tell you the reason why we don't like doing Galatians 6.1. Let's keep that up on the screen if we could. The reason why we don't like confronting people or their sins, this is our mindset. And you can go to this next slide if you would, Cindy. The reason why we don't is we think, if I confront someone of their sin, that means I'm judging them. And the Bible says you shouldn't judge, right? And that could be, let me tell you, this verse says get involved. Let me tell you what judging does. Go to this next one. Judging someone is when you don't do anything for that person. You form an opinion and you don't get involved. You see, we think, you know what, if, I, if, I, if they're jacked up, if they're messed up, and if I go and try to help them out, then they're, you know, you know we shouldn't do that. You know, religion says shoot the wounded. And that's what a lot of churches do. But the real church says, you know, oh, you're wounded? Or your wounds are my wounds, and I'm wounded too. It's, it's like being in a three-legged sack race. Y'all remember those in second grade? You know what I'm talking about? You know, you may be good in your sack, but if the other fellow in your sack, if he's not doing so well, that's bearing one another. It means you're not in this alone. And your hurt is my hurt, and my pain is your pain. Because we're in this together. Religion condemns and gossips, but having a relationship with Jesus says, I care enough to get involved. Let me say a little bit right now about gossip. Because all of us have gossiped or will hear gossip if you're alive. All right? Let me see this. Let me tell you how you can stop gossip. You stop gossip by asking this first question. When somebody comes to you and starts flapping their gums, you say, okay, great. How, what have you done to help? Sally, she's done this, and you're telling me Sally's issue. What, are, what have you done to help? Okay, if they have an answer, great. They probably don't. And then you ask the second question. This is kind of like the one-two punch, all right? Second punch is, how is you telling me Sally's problems helping Sally right now? Let me tell you, if you did this, and if I did this, if, if we only had five people in our congregation doing this, all gossip would stop. I mean, think about it. If you... If you're the person coming to tell somebody and they asked you these two questions, what would you do? I know, if you're religious, who do they think they are? Right? Right? <clears throat> Our response should never be gossip, but it should be restoring. Restoration. I'm going to read this verse again. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, uh, let's go back. Okay. Um, uh, if another Christian is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly restore. The word, that word restore means it's the same word used by a surgeon to set a broken bone. Um, it's the word used of a doctor that would take a broken and misshapen leg and set the bones back together. Sounds fun, doesn't it? it it's like um, it's to make a limb useful again. It's like, any of y'all ever gotten a, a joint out of place? My friend Corey Daniel, um, who goes to one church, recently got his pinky dislocated and like, you know, it was like hanging out to here. It was a beautiful thing, I hear. And uh, the doctor had to yank that thing back in there. I see, some of y'all are just cringing. And he did as well. 
Now, if, if from the outside, you would think, that doctor is so mean. Right? What, what, what in the world? Who did that doctor think? Think, she is. Huh? Come on. But did that doctor have a purpose? You see, oh, you know what? Let's be loving. And you know what? I see that your, your pinky's hanging down like this. We'll just leave it. You know, it's not my business. Right? No. If you're a doctor, and if you're a real doctor, you're going to help. And that's what they did with Corey. And was it painful? Yes. But you know, he's able to do that now when he was doing this earlier before. It says, gently. Now, who should restore? Okay, just pastors, just teachers, the super spiritual, right? What does it say? Dear brothers and sisters, you who are godly. That means not just missionaries should restore and not just pastors, but we should restore one another. That's what community group is all about. It's about bearing one another's burdens and restoring people. It's not just the super spiritual or the staff or the leaders or deacons or elders or whatever you call them. But he just says, you know what, whoever does it, be careful. Look at the end of verse 6, verse 1. It says, be careful not to fall in the same temptation yourself. We think, you know what, to be loving, I shouldn't involve myself. I shouldn't get involved. If I get involved, I'm judging it. But follow me on this one. Just think through this. <coughs> Excuse me. If you see somebody going 60 miles an hour in a car on a road where the bridge is out. What, you, what, do you, what, do you, what should you do? Praise Jesus. You know, I shouldn't get myself involved. You know, they'll find out. No. You're like this. You get involved. Does that mean that you've got all of your stuff together? No. But it does mean that you know something that they don't. And that is what we're called to do. And see, some of us, we think, well, you know what, that's her problem. That's his problem. Let me tell you what that, that's some messed up thinking. Because if you're involved in one church, it's not her problem. It's my problem too. And that means my sin is your problem. And your sin is my problem. Because we're in this thing together. I mean, when somebody's hurting or making a wrong choice, we're in this together. And the most spiritual thing you can do is not to say, you know what, I'm not going to get involved. It, it, it's to help bring somebody back from the brink of destruction. Bring back somebody into a restoration with their God and with the situation at hand. Let me give you some three principles when confronting another person, and we're almost done. Three principles. First one, do you have a relationship with this person? This is an important one because you may have all the answers in the world, but if you don't have a relationship with them, it's going to be very difficult for them to hear you. You understand what I'm saying? It is all about relationships. So that is why the best place for this to take place, restoration, is in a community group, not in here. Because you don't know me, I don't know you, but you're in a group of people who do know you. So, who has God given you the influence in that person's life? Second one is this. Are you excited about confronting this person or are you dreading confronting this person? Let me say this. If you're excited about confronting this person, then you don't need to. Y'all know what I'm talking about? There's some people in, in life, I just can't wait. Well, I can't wait to confront that person on their sin. Mm. You know, back 
1962, he did this to me. You know, if, if you're excited about it, you need to take a chill pill, and you don't need to do it. Now, if you're the person dreading it, you need to do it. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry, y'all. It's, our, we should do it out of a spirit of gentleness. That word literally means humility. Sometimes putting that finger back in socket is not very gentle, but it has a purpose. So are you excited about it or are you kind of dreading it? If you're excited about it, it's never to get even. You never confront to get even. You confront for reconciliation and restoration. All right? And then lastly, after you confront the problem, be willing to spend time helping them with this. Anybody can say, well, you, you messed up. A real person, though, a real brother or sister in Christ says, you know what? You messed up. And I messed up, too. And uh, let's, your problem is my problem. Let's spend some time talking about this. Let's spend some meals praying over this issue. Um, it's all about restoring, mending those spiritual bones. I want to show you a, a video clip of a friend who's in my small group. Um, and uh, he has something to say about this. So let's watch. I'm Luther Ramsey, and Chris had asked me to talk a little bit today about um, kind of a broken experience and an attempt at healing experience. Um, on a, April 22nd, I was having a little fun in the backyard on a go-kart and did a donut, and the back wheel hung, and it flipped, and, and looked down, and I had uh, snapped my humerus right here and completely dislocated my left elbow. Um, had four surgeries since then. Uh, had a rod inserted down through my arm. After the surgery and they took the braces off and everything and I was able to see my arm, I uh, pretty much had lost most of the muscle from my neck down and most of the use of any of that arm and still have some nerve damage I deal with. At that point I started doing therapy with uh, Jesse Carter at High Point Rehab who you'll meet in a few minutes. We've had really big goals like being able to feed myself, touch my own mouth, uh, wash my own hair, and some of those goals we're starting to meet. We've got others we're still working towards that I never thought would be big goals in my life. Um, but just like with my arm having to go to someone who can help me, a lot of times in our, in our personal relationship, God, God blesses you with putting those friends in your life that uh, when you've done that really dumb thing or made that mistake and God's fixed you and he's made you whole again, you still have to deal with the consequences of that sin. And, um, God, God will put people in your lives that will hold you accountable and will help you rebuild your life and do those things. And um, just like Jesse's helped me in my life and the people here at her um, clinic have helped me try to help rebuild my arm and get things back to normal, uh, hopefully God will have that person in your life that will help you put your life back together spiritually. Hi, I'm Jesse Carter. I'm a physical therapist, and I helped Luther with his injury. Um, Luther and I have been friends for a long time, and when he had his injury, uh, we've been following him through the course of it, and as a physical therapist, I knew that at some point he was going to need therapy. Um, I didn't really want to be that person, to be very honest with you. Um, it's very difficult in therapy, and I knew the road that Luther had ahead of him. Um, I didn't want to see him hurt, and I knew that that was going to be very difficult uh, for me and for him, but I knew that in the end, that uh, he would get better. Proverbs 27.6 says, Wounds from a friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. Uh, I didn't want to be the friend that hurt Luther, but as we worked through therapy, 
I've seen some, him reach some goals that were very important to him and as a therapist are very rewarding to see. So even though I have to crank on his arm and he would swear that I love it, um, I don't, but I know that in the end he's going to get better and that the work is going to pay off. <laughs> I feel like I need to hug you in some way, Luther. <laughs> you know, it's never pain. It's it's never easy. It always takes time, restoration, and rehabilitation. But that's what we're here for as a church. The church, we're a hospital for people who are broken and hurting. And the thing about it is, all of us have been there, haven't we? All of us have been there. I've been there. You need people to help bear your burdens, and you need people, when you start straying, to start bringing you back lovingly, gently, but you, they help bring you back. I'm telling you, Gal- Galatians 6.3, again, some of you are saying, I'm just not going to do this. This next verse is all about you. Verse 3, if you think you're too important to help somebody in need, oh, come on now. You think you're too important. You think you're too busy. You don't think you need a community group. You don't think, I, I just don't need other people. All right? You are only, what's that next word? Fooling. Now, what's the whole point of a fooling? If you take off the ing, called an idiot. All right? Don't, God's saying, don't be an idiot. Don't be a fool. Because you may be doing good, you may be, you may be jumping, check, you may be doing it all, you may be having a good time in your go-kart, but when you go, get stupid and you turn that thing too quick and th- stuff goes snap, you ain't got people in your life to help restore you and really be, rehabilitate you. It's, it's alone. It's loneliness. And that's not what God is calling us to. I mean, really, where, where's the place to, for somebody to speak into you? Say, you know what, your marriage, I see some issues here. Have you, have you talked about this? Where's the place when somebody speaks in you and says, you know, the way you parent, I see, I see some habits going on, and, and maybe you tried this one. Or maybe somebody comes in and you say, you know, in your small group, you know, I see that you're just kind of, you're always going from one big toy to the next. How are you doing with your money? And again, some of you are saying, they have no right. And I'm saying, if you're a part of church, we're a part of the same family, we have every right. And let me say this. In every one of those three areas, I've had people in community groups that I've been in the past, friends, have come up and said, Chris, the way you and Kim talk in public to one another, it bothers me. I had one friend said, you know what, it seems like your children are ruling your life. Is that easy to hear? makes you want to pop somebody in the mouth, don't it? And, but after you get after that sense of pride, you're going, yeah, maybe they're right. Chris, how are you tithing? How are you spending your money? 
gone. Wounds from a friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. Let me say this. When you end uh, today, uh, we're going to be giving you a Lego piece. And um, this Lego piece is not for you to have a good time reliving your childhood, okay? I want you to take this Lego piece and I want you to connect your Lego piece with another person. Because we're all getting one. And a Lego piece by itself, a Lego brick, ain't fun. So when you get that Lego brick, I want you to take your Lego brick and I want you to put it with another Lego brick and put it with another and see what we can create when we choose to live life together and not in isolation. So how do I, I want to apply this message as we end today? First one is this. As you leave, I want you to sign up for the next group link. Now let me tell you what that is. I know right now... Many of you say, man, I want to be in a community group and I want to be in now. I'm going to address that. But how we get people in a community group is something called Group Link. And it's an event that happens at the church offices that you put yourself in a group. See, I don't know you. And if I said, okay, here's Isaiah. Sorry, you're sitting on the front row. I'm going to pick on you. Here's Isaiah, and he has Tuesdays and Thursdays open. I may put you in a, in a, in a group of just nothing but singles or, or um, older folks who you know, have children out of the home. And it's not going to be a good fit for you. So you're able to break up into life stage groups and say, hey, I, I think they're my people. And the next one that's happening, our next group link, is happening on January 11th. So you can go outside. There's these black thing called, and we'll call it a new name, called the Hub. And you can go out there and you can sign up for a community group. You can either do it on this card. There's a list for group link for you to sign your name. It's that first table. That is the, that is the quickest way you can get in a community group. Or maybe your next step from here is maybe not in a community group. Maybe it's just to serve. Um, you know, I've seen so many people come and go. I saw a good friend of mine a serving out at the registration table of children. Thank you so much. What a blessing. Just to serve. You get to know one another. And there's a camaraderie there. So th- I want you to either serve or sign up for group link. The second thing is this, and I just need to say this quick. You know, we've got 20 people right now waiting to get in the communion group. 20 people. You know how come they're not in the communion group? We don't have any group leaders. Our biggest Achilles heel at one church has always been leaders. And I'm going to ask some of you to step up to the plate and become a community group leader. Well, how do I do that? Great question. If you go to our website, we've totally revamped the small group section of our website. If you click on community groups, interested in becoming a community group leader, you click on that, there's downloadable MP3s of training There is a list of things that you can look. I mean, all of the resources we've given you, an application to get involved, it's all there. All you've got to do is go to www.exitonechurch.org and click on community groups. And you'll see it all there. You do your training on your own time. If you have questions, you come and you talk to us as a staff. But that is We need leaders. Now, some of you say, well, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm still messed up. Join the club. I'm preaching to church and I'm messed up. All right? You know, that's okay. But if you're, some, see, most of y'all, some of y'all, y'all been, some of y'all come from other churches 
and you've been Christians for 20 years. Your problem is that you don't, you, you worry that you don't know enough. That's not your problem. The problem is you know too much. It's called spiritual constip- constipation. All right? You need to work out something. That's right, I said it. You know too much, and you've got to work that stuff out. I'm asking you all, in order to obey Galatians 6, 1, 2, and 3, we've got to do life together. We've got to do it in community groups. So either get involved in a community group or lead a community group. I don't care. All right? But here's the thing. If you fill out your communication card, I know where you live. All right? And I will find... No, I'm just joking. Seriously, let's do this. Let's pray. Dear God, we love you so much. And I thank you so much, Lord, that we're able to be a church that, to be quite honest, we don't have to be perfect. You never call us to be perfect, God. You call us to progress in our faith. Lord, I just I pray right now, Lord, that people here would understand and realize that they're not alone that they don't have to be alone. They don't have to be alone. And if they're alone, it's because they're choosing to be alone. Lord, I pray for our leaders right now. Lord, I know we don't have enough, but Lord, I know that you said, you say that if we lack something, the only thing we need to do is ask. So I'm asking God. I'm asking you and I'm asking those in here. Lord, if they're willing to be a community group leader, Lord, to be able to fill out that application online or write it on their communication card this morning. Write it on that hub card. And Lord, we're going to give you all the praise and all the glory. We love you so much. Jesus Christ, it's in your name that we pray. Amen.